Hi, and thank you for joining us for another session of Dedication, Fans Remember the Bay City Rollers, hosted by Bay City Rollers Fan Events. I'm Suze, and co-hosting with me is Laura. Hi, Laura. Hey, Suze. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining. Uh, this week, our guest is Gail Shackley from England. Hey, Gail. Hi, Suze. Hi, Laura. Hi, Gail. Hi, thanks. Gail. Thanks so much for doing this. We're excited to hear your stories. You have um, quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's dive right in. And if you could tell us, you know, the, the first standard question, um, how did it all start for you? How did you discover the rollers? How old were you, etc.? cetera? Oh, so it was um, a little bit late actually starting. It was in spring of 1975. And I think a lot of British fans had actually got onto the rollers towards the end of 74. But it was about March 75 and Bye Bye Baby at the top of the charts when I first noticed the rollers uh, and quickly became really hooked. Um, very lucky my mum bought me the gear she bought me the first two albums rolling and once upon a star and i would sit in the garden playing them at full volume because i was convinced anybody passing our house would want to hear this wonderful music so i shared my music <laughs> um, as you do when you're so young oh yeah so yeah um i got to see them for the first time in concert in september 1976 i missed the 75 tour uh, and just after that, the rollers kind of visited you guys in America and kind of got a little bit preoccupied with America. So it's September 76 before I got the chance to see them live in Manchester. Um, also, I was growing up near to a suburb of Manchester and Granada TV Studios in Manchester, where Shangalang, the TV series, was recorded. So I had a lot of time I spent at Granada. Um, they were wonderful days. I um, would take a packed lunch in the school holidays and sit outside with my autograph book, getting signatures from um, newscasters, Coronation Street members, any visiting um, artists that were on any music shows or in the news locally, I would be there getting all their autographs. Um, wonderful days when I look back. Oh, that sounds like fun. So how many times or did you ever see the rollers? I saw them just the once back in the day, um, live in concert. I could never get tickets to see them on Shangalang when they were recording the studio. So tickets were like gold. Um, and then when the series ended, Granada made a decision that they would not have the rollers in studio with a live audience because I think we became a little bit of a handful for them. Mm. Um, so I did get tickets to see the Christmas special, but it had been pre-recorded. So we were literally an audience watching TV screens, but having to scream and react as though the guys were in the studio with us. I think we pulled oh. it off. I think it was wow <laughs> the end result. That, that's a bit odd, but OK. <laughs> I guess I guess the girls were a bit of a handful. Yeah, so we would be outside in the streets uh, waiting to see glimpses of the guys in the studio. There was a corridor that would run along and it was sort of glass from floor to ceiling. Uh, they had to run along the corridor between um, the dressing rooms and the studios. So that would get the girls in quite a frenzy. And when they were recording the Christmas special, I was out in the street that particular day. Uh, it was raining, it was miserable, it was early December and it was freezing cold. Uh, and we waited and waited for hours. And then I just got this inkling that there was something happening in the car park and I thought they're about to leave. So we jumped into a taxi, there were four of us, and we had the taxi driver circling Granada Studios buildings. It's quite a big building. <laughs> and fortunately for us, we were just about level with the car park entrance as a car zoomed out, followed by screaming girls. And we just roared to the taxi driver, follow that car. This poor cabbie, I swear, didn't know what had hit him. But he did as he was told. It's like a movie. 
Yeah, and, uh, and we, we followed them for about a mile and a half, and they got out at a hotel in town. So we got out of the taxi, threw our money at the driver. I think he got a 1p tip out of us. We literally almost ran out of money on that taxi ride. And um, we went running into the hotel, met with the reception and asked her, where are they, where are they? And she said, who, who do you mean? We said, don't be silly, the bases are rollers, they're just coming here, where are they? <laughs> Uh, and she said, I don't know what you're talking about. And at that moment, we heard a click behind us. And as we turned around, we saw the lift doors close. And I thought, oh, no, the doors were open. We were still talking to receptionists, not knowing the door was open with the guys in the lift behind us. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I thought we stood there looking at the door thinking, oh, no, this is so close and yet so far. And then the doors opened. The guys literally had stood in the lift to hide from us. They hadn't gone anywhere. They weren't actually staying at that hotel. So it was like surprise faces all around as the doors reopened. Anyway, it was Alan, Woody and Eric, oh um, I believe. <laughs> and, um, so they came sauntering out and they had a little chat with us and we wished them a Merry Christmas. You've got to remember that back in the day we didn't have mobile phones, so it wasn't easy to get an impromptu photo. So I've got no photographs of this experience. Um, but we did get their autographs and we did give them a, a Christmas kiss. And then they got back into their taxi outside and off they went. Oh my um, wow. The really strange thing is you put all this effort as a kid into chasing after them and finding them and, and you know, almost stalking them. And uh, then when you do come face to face, you kind of, you're just stuck for words. You don't know what to say or do because you've never, your planning has never gone as far as actually meeting them. No, because you never really think uh, you're going to, do you? They're, they were so no, unattainable. No. Wow, that is amazing. That's an awesome story. Oh I God. love it. So um, I guess we all grew up in, you know, after the 70s. Um, when did you, you know, become reintroduced? I guess we all probably have similar stories, but how about yours? Well, it's probably a very similar story to everybody else. We got um, connected to the internet in about May 1997. I think we were a little bit late, later than the States, getting the internet in the UK. And my husband sat me down and said, here's a computer, play with it. And I went, what do I want with that? It's the internet, you can get anything off the internet. And I've just been really belligerent, like what? Like, you know, type something in that interests you. Oh yeah, like what? So he just said, oh, Basity Rollers. And I just sort of laughed at him and said, yeah, like they're going to be on the internet. <laughs> so he typed Basity Rollers over my shoulder and then all these hundreds of pages suddenly came up. Wasn't that something? Um, and that was wow. really busy then for the next two or three months. The family couldn't get a lot of sense out of me as I came reacquainted and got myself up to date. Although actually, I go back a little before that, um, I, I found out from a local newspaper that um, the Basity Rollers were going to be at a pub in Preston. And I thought, wow, this is a great, great opportunity. It was about 1994. And I went along with a group of friends and um, found out it was actually Eric... Alan and Woody mm. and a female singer who I found out later was Eric's partner Kaz and a drummer that I didn't know but it was an absolutely amazing performance and sort of the teenage me came back to being in, in that pub that night I remembered every word I couldn't believe I could sing along word perfect to every oh. song and we That's got to meet wonderful. the guys afterwards because there was a merchandise stand and a meet and greet and it was just so lovely to, to actually see the guys after the heyday of the 70s when there was no way you could get near because yeah. it wasn't safe to do so. So I did have a little bit of a, a reacquaintance, but then that was a one-off. Um, we had no internet in 94 and it was not really easy to keep up to date with anything and that was it. They came to Preston and they left Preston. So yeah, back to 97, um, one of the pages that came up when I was doing my internet searches was Roller Maniacs. It was a oh, fan yeah. club that was, um, and it was run by um, Lynn Elliott, Lynn Clark, 
Um, so I quickly joined. It was a British fan club and discovered that in August she had a, a fan gathering for Roller Maniacs planned at a pub in London. So I, I joined up and I paid and off I went to this pub in London. It was a scorching hot day uh, and I dressed for comfort. I certainly didn't dress for the occasion because I was in a, a red Mickey Mouse t-shirt and red and white striped shorts Ooh. and sandals. Works um, for me. Not <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I go along and I met up with a girl that I, I knew from the internet and we went together, uh, really nervous, got into the pub, Lynn greeted me very warmly and then said, let me introduce you to Les. And at that point, my heart starts to thump. Wow. Les was always my favourite. I was always a Les girl. Oh. Day. Uh-huh. And, and so, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to meet him, I'm going to meet him. So she tapped him on the shoulder and he turned around from the bar and gave him the biggest hug and greeting. And, oh. and it was like, oh, I was, like I was just in a, a dream. And then throughout the evening, we had quizzes and fun games and activities. And Les kept on coming up with trays of food and saying, would you like something? And it's like little nibbles and canapes. And it was just like, somebody pinch me, please. This isn't happening. <laughs> this is Les McEwen. But it was a really magical evening, a lovely way to get back acquainted, I think, with, with Roller World. Oh. And I've never left it since. Was that the first time you met Les? I know you met the other guys sort of in the elevator. Uh, no, it was strange really, because um, in 1978, February 1978, Valentine's Day actually, um, I went on a school trip. It was a history trip to London and we had to go to some museum to see some exhibition. And then we had a couple of hours free time in the afternoon before we had to rejoin the bus to come back home. Uh, so most of my friends, I went to a convent grammar school and most of my friends sort of went to Harrods or went to art galleries and other museums and stuff like that. Me and my two friends, Dawn and Nuala, we charged off in the direction of Upper Brook Street where Arista Records were. As you were. Bear in mind in 78, <laughs> in 78 the rollers weren't really heard of anymore. They'd well and truly gone off the scene in the UK and I think they were possibly even sort of dying down a little bit in the States. But um, we didn't expect anybody to be there because we thought they were all in America. So we go off to get our picture taken in front of Arista Records, except as we're walking up the street, we recognise this great big Range Rover in the street. And jokingly, we said, oh, look, Les is here. That's his Range Rover. Uh, Well, the part of London we were in, most people drove Range Rovers. So, you know, we were just joking with each other. But as we got closer, we looked into this Range Rover and there's a big card on the front passenger seat. With, it was addressed to a girl in Glasgow in Les's handwriting, and a little ditty had been written on the envelope that said, Posty, posty, take my letter to my girl, I won't forget her. Aww. And at that point, we realised it really was Les's car, and as we're looking in the windows at what was inside his car, he just came sauntering out from the record offices adjacent. And it was like, oh again, God. one of those moments. We hadn't expected to meet him, we really thought he was in America, so we hadn't planned this meeting we had nothing specific to say really mm. so um yeah it was we, we got his autograph um i had a brand new autograph book my first two had been filled up so i had a lovely tartan one and um he was the first person to sign my tartan oh my autograph. god i mean oh that's lovely talk about happenstance that was just absolutely meant to be <laughs> absolutely oh so, my goodness yeah, that was that was a magical day, and suddenly that history trip wasn't as tedious as it had been all day. No, <laughs> and and that was quite the flat the, the flashback for this podcast. <laughs> that was awesome. I love wow, that. Yeah. I mean, I just pictured that whole scenario in my head. That's that's great. <laughs> all right, so we go back to the nineties. Then then what was going on? 
So after going to the um, Roller Maniacs gathering in London, I got to thinking that maybe we ought to have another gathering um, for fans, because by now, certainly by 98, there was a lot more people getting online, a mm. lot more people in chat rooms, it was getting bigger and bigger, yeah. and I thought, well, let's have another go. And I, I got together with a, a girl I'd met on the internet from the northeast. I think her name was Judith from memory, but I can't remember her surname. Uh, and we started to plan a gathering to take place in London. Now, Les, um, I got to know Les a little bit by this point, and he had a friend called Craig who managed pubs. And so the Roller Maniacs gathering had been in one of Craig's pubs in Holborn in London. Uh, and by now, Craig had moved to a pub near Covent Garden. So we... Um, we decided to have a gathering and he had a function room upstairs in his pub that could hold about 40 people maximum and I had 25 in mind. I thought if we can get 25 people together to this gathering, that'd be really cool. So we started to advertise it and it took off. Mm. We got to 40 people and there were still oh, more wow. people looking on. Wow. At this point, Judith got cold feet, I think, and decided she she didn't want to be part of the organising. She, she still came to the event. But she didn't want to be on the organising side of it. I think she felt a bit overwhelmed. Mm. So that left me on my own putting this gathering together. And we're now up to about 60 attendees. And wow. they're coming from all over the world, like Australia, Canada, America, oh, yeah. Europe. Uh, in fact, I think at one point we had more coming from around the world than from the UK. It was just really That's crazy. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So we had to move the venue because clearly Craig's room above his pub was not big enough. So very kindly, Craig and Les managed to find a community centre in, in Covent Garden. So we used this basement of the community centre. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so we carry on taking bookings. But I'm on my own organising all this. So my husband stepped in and my two daughters did. And they were huge helps on the, on the weekend itself, registering people and just helping with all the stuff that needs doing. Um, and the event ended, we ended up with 92 people turning up to this event. Wow. There was no performance, there was no promise of anything other than just fans coming together to share ideas, have a bit of fun, quizzes, etc. My husband sang and entertained us with his guitar. Um, Les turned up socially, as did um, several of the legendary Bay City Rollers. Uh, Mark St. John, who was, it was the very early days of the guys going to America, starting to fight for all the lost royalties, mm, and Mark mm -hmm. John was the legal figure that was, was helping with that at the time. Oh, yeah. And, um... <sighs> Caroline Sullivan was there. Caroline Sullivan was there, yes. She Laura, was, was, Laura, weren't you there yeah. as well? I was. It was uh, my first fan gathering. Wow. And my first time going to England, it was an amazing yeah. yeah. We had, a, we had a great time, um, and if you don't mind, I'll interject my little story about my souvenir from that weekend. Please do. Please do. <laughs> so, um, we had we had t-shirts from that weekend that were made, that you had made up, Gail, and I asked Les for an autograph. First time I ever met him, and he autographed my t-shirt. Uh, and I wish I could find it, but I don't know where it is. But I could never wear it because he he didn't sign his name. He drew a male body part on my T-shirt. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Les. <laughs> nice. Yep. And uh, I remember my husband was pretty horrified when he saw it. And um, I wish I could get my hands on it because I always thought I bet if I put this on eBay, I could get a lot of money for this because it's pretty 
unique. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was uh, my very unique souvenir from an <laughs> awesome weekend. <laughs> brilliant. That was brilliant. So, yes, yeah, so we've got all these people coming to London just to meet up and share ideas. And I quickly thought we need to put something else on because um, this is going to be pretty boring mm. for people who have flown thousands of miles. So I organised for us to go to the Rock Circus at Piccadilly Circus, which was a, a spin-off from Madame Tussauds, but it was all music figures in wax. And mm. um, we, we went, we, we did a little trip there to have a look around there. And then towards the end of the planning, just before the event, VH1 behind the music got in touch with me. I'm not quite sure how they got my details, but they were doing a documentary, Where Are They Now? The Bay City Rollers. Oh, right. And they'd heard, they'd heard about our event. Yes. So they wanted to come and follow the event, film at the event, and maybe um, interview some of the fans. So they joined us at the Rock Circus. And I know there's footage that appeared on the behind the music of us all at the Rock Circus. And then there were four or five of us, and I think, Laura, you were one of the group that were chosen yeah. to, to actually talk to, to the makers of the, pro, of the show. Mm -hmm. um, again, I think that was just before the event actually kicked off. We, we did the um, interview with them. So that was quite fun, really. It was a massively well Very exciting. Event. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and hopefully uh, the girls that attended had fun and enjoyed themselves. Yeah. Um, that was 99 that happened. Yeah. Can I ask a question just because I know you and I know this little side story? And if you don't want to tell it, you don't have to. But okay. what, hap what happened in the loo with Les and your husband? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> if you want to tell. <laughs> So Brian had bought me some flowers from Covent Garden. There's a big flower market near Covent Garden. And he bought me this lovely bouquet of flowers with my favourite thistles in them. And he thought rather than him give them to me from all the attendees as a thank you, he decided that it would be nice if Les presented them. But he said he kept on trying to get hold of Les. And um, basically he was just completely swamped by attendees. Oh, when imagine that. A chance. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he said he went down to the toilet at one point and Les was stood there at the urinal and, and Brian joined next to the urinal and just said, Les, you wouldn't do me a favour, would you? At which point Les backed off and said, hey, hey, I'm not George Michael, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Les came upstairs and said, your husband's just proposed to me in the toilet. So I'm thinking, what? Oh and Les did present me with the flowers. So. I just found that to be so funny and I'm glad that you included it. So thanks. So that that That's event was point. was really like the birth of what became the roller you know the roller fan events where it wasn't just a couple of hours in a pub it became a weekend a long weekend with you know other activities involved so you've um you know done quite a few after that so um do you want to tell us about some more of those yeah, so rising on the, the back of London, um, we decided the Mill Thousand was an opportunity not to be missed. Mm. And we organised a, a fan gathering in Edinburgh called UK2K. I was there. For obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at, um, and, and I kind of expected that to be a little bit bigger than London. I thought, you know, we'll build on it. But actually, we had about 84 in Edinburgh compared to 92 in London. But it didn't feel small enough. So Not at all. It, it was great. So it was a great event. So Basically, Rollers attended, and they did a performance for us. Um, the girls went off on ghost walks and tours and did lots and lots of sightseeing around Edinburgh. On the Friday night, we had an icebreaker event because we felt it might be nice if people had a chance to chat and share all their stories and experiences informally before the event on the Saturday. So we hired um, the local, there's no local former 
um, fire station called the old fire station and we rented the room upstairs there to, for our people just to turn up and just have a drink and socialize very informal um, so that that worked out really well that was a, a good opportunity for people to start letting the hair down and get to know people yeah because when yeah. you travel a thousand miles a lot of people that weekend turned up they didn't know anybody else they traveled by themselves and they went all the way to edinburgh not knowing anybody i can assure you they left edinburgh with lots and lots of new friends oh absolutely oh yeah i mean they came amazing. from all over the world australia all over um, the states we were quite a few of us over there and a little interesting side story to that, when we turned up at the railway, the old fire station pub, um, there was a DJ and a disco going on downstairs. And I recognised the DJ immediately, and it was Ray Cotter, who was Tam Payton's boyfriend Is at that, the time. Oh my God, that's right, I oh, forgot about so that. So I thought, what a coincidence. So what I asked the landlord what was happening, how come this DJ was there, and he'd been offered a free DJ as a, on a trial basis on that very night. Interesting. Um, yeah, we know what was happening. Tam obviously wanted to be involved and wanted to know what we were all doing, so he found a way in. Mm. Um, not to our actual event, he couldn't manage to get into that, but he got into our icebreaker event. Mm. So, um, and uh, quite a few of the girls that had a chat with, with Ray as well at some point during the evening, so it wasn't a problem. Mm. Interesting, interesting huh. timing. <laughs> in interesting indeed. Yeah. And you'd, you've done more events since then. What was the next one that you did? Yeah, so then I thought, well, you know, this is becoming an annual thing now. And I, I think I'd have had withdrawal if I just stopped doing it. So yeah. um, I then decided we would have one in 2001. And I picked Liverpool as the venue. For no other reason than it was quite local to me. And I thought, we've been to London, we've been to Edinburgh. We need to take it around the UK a little bit more. Mm. Um, and Liverpool's obviously got a lot of historic significance for the Beatles and, and the Mersey Beat sound in general. So lots of things for people to do yeah. alongside attending. Um, we decided to have a tribute band perform as our entertainment um, after the dinner on the Saturday night. But I also managed to um, talk to Derek, and Derek agreed to come along and do a question and answer session before the dinner. Mm. Um, so he came along. I didn't tell any of the fans. Nobody knew he was coming. It was a complete surprise for attendees. Oh, my God. Uh, came along. Oh, they must have loved that. Well, he was planning to come to UK 2K, but the timing, it was in early April, and unfortunately Derek had had the unfortunate business, the court case and sentencing, literally mm. a couple of months before, yeah. and he, he felt it, him attending and joining us would have brought unwelcome press intrusion into the event. Um, so he wrote a very nice letter that went into the packs for all the attendees in UK 2K, yeah. uh, wishing everybody well, etc., um, but he, he was really he regretted, I think, not coming to join us, but he felt it was the right decision. So when he was asked a year later to come to Liverpool, it was a no-brainer. He was there. There was no question about whether he would join us or not. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I would have loved to have um, been in that room, that energy when yeah. he walked in, when you know when no one knew ahead oh, of time. Yeah. Um, that so, must have been great. Bear in mind the unfortunate court case and everything, Derek yeah. made it quite clear to us in advance that there was no question would be out of bounds, there was nothing that he wasn't prepared to answer that anybody wanted to ask him, and he wanted to make that clear um, because he felt he had nothing to hide, nothing to be ashamed of, and, and to this day I, I totally support him in that, he, he's not. Um, but the girls were very kind, we, we did announce before he came in who was coming to talk to them and that, you know, please feel free to ask any question you want. Derek has said nothing's off, off bounds. But everybody was so polite and nobody touched on 
on that mm. episode of his life at all. They were all really kind with their questions. It was more about the role as heyday, really, they want to know yeah. about. And then after, after the question answer session, we, um, we, we then had the performance from, it was a tribute band called Club 208. Mm-hmm. And they are actually based to roller fans in their own right. Um, and they were up performing and a couple of songs in. The lead singer invited Derek to join them. Would he like to come and play drums? And he did. He got up wow. and played drums for Shangalang. Wow. And he said he couldn't believe how quickly he got back into it. He felt a bit rusty to start with, but he thoroughly enjoyed it. And he said it's like riding a bike. You never really forget once you know. But the interesting thing is those drums were my daughter's drums because... We tried to keep the costs as low as possible for this event, so we used our drum kit and we hired in the back line for the band or the rest of the PA, etc. So my daughter's drum kit that we still own has been played by Derek Longmuir. All right. That is lovely. (laughs) That is great. Wow. And we we sort of jump forward a little bit. So it's in 2018 when Derek did the I Ran With The Gang series um in place of alan and he did the question and answer session at the end of the um show and somebody actually asked him on the on the night i was there somebody asked him when did you last play drums and he said oh oh i think it was 2001 in liverpool and then he looked back because he knew i was in the room and he said is that right gail <laughs> so obviously that event Aww. was the very last time derek's played drums was liverpool 2001 uh, that, that's that, that's pretty huge. That that's pretty huge. Um, when I come to visit, I'm going to touch those drums. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, af- after Liverpool, I kind of I stopped organising events. Then I decided I would rather be an attendee, and I started to attend other people's events, and uh, it was a lot less stressful. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. So um. I went to um, Shangalang in um, Toronto mm-hmm. in '99. Yeah, I went to a, an event in Boston in 2000, Atlanta 2002, and New Orleans in 2003. So wow. I, I did a bit of travelling myself. Yeah, um, I, I had fun. So that's nice. You got to see both sides: the planning and then enjoying somebody else planning the event. So that's great. You got to see it from both sides. Yeah. yeah. In fact, in Toronto in '99, that's how we um, we came up with the idea for the 2000 gathering in Edinburgh. There was a group of us sat at a table um, while that was ongoing, taking place in Toronto, and we we hatched out <coughs> the outline of what we wanted to happen in Edinburgh. That was oh, great. That's event. great. Like I said, that really set the standard for any future events. Yeah. 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 Good job, Gail. You're a actually, legend. actually, in Edinburgh as well in 2000, I'm backtracking a bit here, aren't I? It's okay. We, um, we had a charity auction. That was one of the activities we had for attendees yeah. on the Sunday morning at breakfast. And we raised just over £2,000. And that was for hospital Radio Lollipop, which was basically um, Edinburgh Children's Hospital radio station. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And that was pure, oh, never really donated yeah. by band members yeah. and fans. And, and that's then, also something that you kind of started because, you know, I've attended a few and, and done a few, and I always love it when there's that element to it, that you're, you know, you're doing something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. You're giving, not taking, because we get so much as roller fans, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Well, you, you did do um, a pretty special event in 20, uh, well, sad, but special event in, was it 2018? 
2019, sorry, yeah. Do you want to talk about yeah. that at all? Yeah, excuse me, I'm going to cough again. Yeah, it's okay. <coughs> so, um, um, obviously, sadly, we lost Alan just after his 70th birthday in 2018. And um, I, I just felt that we needed to mark the occasion a year down the line, that we needed to have an event to remember Alan and to celebrate his life. Uh, and our fans coming together but I also was a little bit uneasy I didn't want it to be a fan gathering I didn't want it, that to be the emphasis it had to be all about Alan's life mm, um, absolutely and, and so I uh, spoke to Eileen at length about the idea because it would never have happened if Eileen didn't give it her blessing obviously mm. uh, I also spoke to Derek about it and, and had his support uh, and then we got on with organizing it and um, yeah, it was a, a really special event. It took place at um, Alan's local pub in Blackburn, um, a special place. A lot of fans have, have actually enjoyed time with Alan and Eileen over the years at, at the bar. And, um, and we had, well, we had about 130 booked to attend, and that was comprising fans and family members because mm -hmm. we wanted family and friends to be there as well so it's probably a 50 50 split between um the invited guests and the the fans that were there it's a nice mix um we had brian came and did a spot we had craig weir come and do a spot he played the bagpipes early on and he did a spot of rock celtic music um we had a roller quiz before the event started we had a dinner um, and again we had um, an auction of memorabilia and um, we raised money in aid of um, a children's charity uh, that Eileen had chosen and you're going to have to edit this Suze because I cannot remember the name of the charity I'm Chaz. going to we don't have to edit it I, I was there I can I can interject okay. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> so it was um, in aid of Chaz children's hospices across Scotland and um, so obviously for very poorly children and it was something that Eileen chose and she felt it's something that Alan would have very much approved of and um, we raised quite a considerable sum of money for Chaz yeah that was and amazing I haven't, got, I haven't got the total to to, to hand uh, yeah, I don't remember either to be honest, but I know it was a lot. Was it twenty five hundred? Well, we can we can um, add that as a note. Yeah, if you yeah. edit this out, I'll just say it was a sizable amount, and then we can um, we can maybe put that in as a yeah, as a note. Yeah, definitely. Because what I'll do is I'll, I'll actually I've got the certificate, so I'll take a picture of the certificate, and you can put that in. Perfect. That That's perfect. So you're gonna have to edit. Sorry, Suze. No, I, I don't. I don't think we'll have to. We're just talking. It's fine. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not <laughs> we're professionals. We're keeping it real. Yeah, we're keeping it real. Well, okay. I mean, I, I want to thank you for, um, you know, doing this, obviously, and on, and also for setting up what, what the fan events are. You you were definitely um, a found a founding member of that. So thank you, Gail. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for your stories, Gail. They were yeah. awesome. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. All right. Okay, thank you, Gail. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you, our listeners, friends, and friends we've yet to meet. If you have some adventures and memories you'd like to share, please send us an email at baycityrollersfanevents at gmail.com. And also, you can keep up to date on all things Bay City Roller Fan Events at our website, baycityrollerfanevents.com. Thanks for listening.